Welcome, hola, what's good? Hey, y'all, hey, you are tuned in to Circle Up with Amanda Heard. Episode 1, I say I'm unlovable, but God says I'm forever loved. This episode jumpstarts the season strong. I believe that in order to understand that you are healed, forgiven, whole, purposed, victorious, and or anything else, you must first understand that you are loved. The word lets us know that love covers a multitude of things. And this is one I can testify to. You see, when I begin to take root in the understanding that I am loved and not just loved, period, but loved unconditionally, I started to process other things in my life were changing. Things didn't belong, they died off. And the things that were meant to be, they grew dramatically. In this episode, we will be talking about things that have pushed us to the point of believing that we are unlovable and then filling those areas with truth, the truth that shows that we are forever loved by God. Our special guest this week is one that I enjoy sharing my thoughts and outlooks with. And from the reviews, many of you enjoy his company too. Zach Heard. So wait no longer. Grab your snacks, drinks, and chairs, and let's get ready to circle up. Welcome, 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 welcome in the room. Welcome to season two, the BU series. Today, we have my husband, Zach Hurd, in the room. What's What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? (laughs) Yeah, I know that um, from the reviews, everybody was like, yeah, 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 we got to bring him back. So he is here. He is back. Um, I'm super excited about this this series. I'm super excited about this episode. He helped me kick off the first episode. So I'm super excited that he's helping me um, launch this, the first episode for the second season. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so excited to be here myself. Um watching the whole thing <laughs> but watching the whole thing just come to what it is um it's been a truly a blessing god is really um, moving you into a direction where not only um you are developing to who you are but you're 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 i'm seeing the push in every episode as you teach um i can see it in your life so it's Aww, amazing i'm very exciting. proud of you Thank you. <laughs> that's exciting. I wasn't looking for a shout out, y'all. I did not bring him on here for a shout out. <laughs> she deserves it. She deserves it. No, but thank you so much. Uh, this series, this series is going to be awesome because, um, as you said, just growing into me, growing into being who I am, I feel like it is um, such a great topic, such a great um, series. It started off as going to be a topic, but then the Lord opened up the door for it to be a series because um, there's just so many times in life that we we lose our identity. We lose our, you know, our purpose. We lose who we were really created to be. Uh-huh. And so I hear so many of my friends, so many people that I'm just around say, you know, like, who am I? What do I like? You know, what am I about? And, you know, I think that this series is definitely going to be one to kind of help people gather that information again. Yeah. So starting off this season, I have um, a podcast question for all the guests. And the question is, when you hear be you, what, what do you, what does that mean to you? What does that sound like to you? When I hear be you, um, 
um, really is as simple as how it sounds. Um, be you. Um, and one thing about being you is no one can be you but you. God only made one you. And so being you is very important. But oftentimes we don't even know how to be us because right. we don't even know us. But um, being me is is being who God called me to be. It's not being who the world say I am. It's not being who my boss wants me to be or even who, who, who my family members want me to be. It's right. finding out who God called me to be and trying my best to be that person. I, I agree with that. And I love, you said we don't even know how to be us. Like, we don't even know how to be us. But I feel like even with that, I feel like there was a space when we were young. I feel like there was a, a time zone when we were little. Mm -hmm. And it was like the freest time of our life. We only knew how to be uh, who we were. Mm -hmm. We only knew what to do, you know, according to who we were called to be. And I believe with the different experiences and, and the different, and the different, um, you know, things we went through in life, TV shows we watched, different things like that, it began to shape us yeah. and pull us out of our true form. Yeah. And so I love how, like you said, you was like, um, we don't even know how to be us. That's right. And that's, that's so true, and I believe that's why when we grow and we separate from our true identity, it's so hard to get back because I feel like that memory of when we were once literally free yeah. <laughs> and being us, it's so far ago, it's just, it's lost. Yeah. It's lost. Yeah, it reminds me of being a baby. Um, if, if you have any kids or if you have had any kids, babies, they are 100% them. Right. <laughs> you know, they're unapologetic. They're them. They, they, they pass gas and they don't look around. <laughs> they don't look weird. They don't, they don't make any weird faces like, Ooh, that was nasty. They, they burp, they do all kind of things. And, and, and they have no reservations on what they do because they're literally only know how to be them. Right. And then we grow up and uh, we try so hard to fit in and we learn what, what's not, what's polite, what's not polite, or what's accepted, or what's tolerated, what's not tolerated. So um, most times our experiences teach us um, what what we what we should like and what we shouldn't like or what we should do and what we shouldn't do. And, all, and then uh, ultimately it shapes um, who we are. Um, not who we're called to be, but it shapes who we are. Right. And so that that's why sometimes we even we struggle, you know, once once we once we we try so hard to fit in, then once we fit in, we struggle to find how to stay in or we struggle to to be able to um, operate from that place because it's right. not really who we are, or who God is honest. To be. I hate that we lose the call. You know, I, it's it's so sad, but it's it's so real. It happens to the best of us. It happens to the most of us, if not all then most definitely most of us, you know, we, the call was there, you know, we, we heard it at such a young place. And mm -hmm. that's when we were, like I said, truly us. And then thanks to, you know, life circumstances, yeah. it's like the call is gone. Yeah. And it, it's not gone to the place where we can't refine it. It's not gone to the place where, you know, it's lost and forgotten, um, where it's so buried away where, you know, you can never get back to it. Yeah. It but just, it's like you said, the call is not that it's gone. It just doesn't make sense. It's not conducive to the lifestyle that we live in now. Right. So, like, like, like you said, you said exactly, when God calls us to do something, and then we look at um, how we feel now and how we think now and our situation and what, where we are now, it just doesn't make sense. Like, if God said, okay, I want you to go over here and do this, and you look at the situation, oh, that's corny. 
oh, I can't do that. What they gonna say <laughs> right. when I walk in? What they gonna and even um even um uh, I don't want to start name dropping, but even when God God called um, Peter and um, God called him, he said, "Get up and eat." And but God was preparing Peter to go and and, and spread the gospel to a new audience. And because of what Peter had went through in his life, and because of what he knew um, from his circumstances, um, he he it didn't make sense. So he looked at God like, "What? What? God, that don't make sense. <laughs> do what? <laughs> yeah, that, that don't make sense. Like you, this God, and you you tell me to do this, and now you're saying this. And so that's a good example of letting your circumstance or letting life's um, challenges and life things that come up against us in life uh, dictate who you are. Because when God called um, Peter. He should have just dropped what he was doing and say, well, if God's calling me, then it's my purpose. Right. You know, and there's no reservation about it. God called me, then that's my purpose. But but because we allow things to clutter our eyesight and our um, perspective, um, it it sometimes wrestles against our very purpose. Right. If we could see, if we could see what we look like um, spiritually wrapping ourselves around all of these um, things that the world calls us yeah. versus who we really were. I believe we wouldn't, we wouldn't dare put on half of those things. Like Sorry. some of the things I feel that push us away from, from feeling uh, a part of the call or feeling a part of who we really are are a lot of the traumas, a lot of the, a lot of the 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 worldly. Um, say so's, you know, saying that in order to be this or in order to have this, you know, you you must look like this or you must act like this. And yeah. I believe that if we seen that, if we seen what that actually looked like, you know, because we we see it from only one kind of perspective. Mm -hmm. We see it like we can we consider it to be some type of status or statue. You know, if somebody is walking around with really nice clean clothes or you know really nice fitted hair, or really nice, you know. Um, just looking really clean and really nice and, and really high branded, you know, items, we consider them to be successful. Yeah. We consider them to be, um, you know, doing our, doing our right in life. We can we consider them to be at something that they could possibly be far from. And it's just, but if we really seen like what they went through, what was going on in the inside of them, if we really could see that thing, then we wouldn't want it. Exactly. We wouldn't want it. And I'm not saying everybody who, looks like or wears particular things are these things but the truth of the matter is a lot of times we get to these places when we put these things on we coat uh our, our true calling yeah it's like who are you you know i mean are you um the necklace that you're wearing you know are you the shoes that you're wearing are you the brand like who are you and and sometimes um even the people that's wearing all those stuff who's driving all those cars you know they, they go home and they don't even know who they are you know right um you know you put on some some air jordans you put on this gold chain and 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 you're not michael jordan i don't <laughs> you know i don't care how many michael jordan sneakers you buy you're not michael jordan and you don't right. even know who michael jordan is um oftentimes michael jordan don't even know who he is so you can't be Michael Jordan, no matter how many Nike outfits you wear. You can only be you. Right. You can only be you. So it you can only operate in excellence in who you are and accept who you are when you're truly who you are. Right. And and it reminds me of um, that. That just takes me to a place of I remember a time um, where everybody had on this particular brand of shoe or everybody was wearing this particular you know style of clothes and 
I wasn't a huge fan of it, but it almost snatched me up. It almost made me, you know, want it because that's what was all around yeah, me. Like and, me. you know, I went to go get me a pair and I couldn't leave the store with them because I didn't really like them. And they yeah. were expensive. Uh -huh. They were pretty expensive. But then when I finally got my job and I finally, you know, um, was spending my own money and I finally was in a place where it was my turn to make the purchase, I was glad to know that I still made the same decision. Yeah. I went. And I purchased a pair of that brand shoe, but it was one that fit my style, one yes. that fit me. And just being young and being able to do that, um, it makes me smile now. Yes. You know, not saying I didn't lose a lot of my identity along the way in life, but that's just one mark that I can find and I can pinpoint and say, I'm glad that, you know, that call was in there and I was able to recognize it. So jumping into this, to this, um, episode. This episode is titled, I Say I Am Unlovable, But God Calls Me Forever Loved. Mm. I love, love this um, episode because <laughs> I was reading and something that a lot of us are very familiar with, we hear that love covers a multitude yeah. of things. Love covers so many problems, yeah. so many situations, so many things, so many, so much brokenness love covers. It's almost as if love is the answer, the key to it all. And so I believe that if we can identify that we are loved, forever loved, unconditionally loved, mm -hmm. it will help us get that much closer to our, our call, yes. our original, you know, identity. And so with that, what do you think are some things or believe that are some things that push us away from feeling loved? Like you said, man, um, I say I'm unlovable, but God says I'm forever loved. Um, we say we it, some most times it's so hard for us, even as Christians, as believers, to believe what God said about us, you know, and that's what we struggle. And that's why we struggle even in our faith, because. It's so hard for us to grab hold to like what God says we are. Um, God's word is faith. That's what it is. God's word is faith. And so when God say, you are this, you are love, you are beautiful. And we say, I'm not beautiful. I'm not love. I'm not because we look at ourselves from a perspective of the world. We look at ourselves from a perspective of whatever. We compare ourselves to everything else around us. And when we compare ourselves to everything else around us, we we lose vision and we lose the focus and we lose sight of who God said we were. Because there's only one maker, there's only one manufacturer. Only God is God is the only one who can make us. God is the only one who has who has who has made us from his own hand. So there is there is no company you can call to say, Hey, um, how how do I make Amanda? Um I like Amanda, but um, I don't like um, she a little bit too she a little bit too sweet for me. How how do I make another Amanda? There is no other you, right? And so and so, since there is only one manufacturer, we, there's only one person we can go to to understand who we are. We can't compare ourselves to anybody else. Exactly. So we we got we have to know who we are. We can't we can't look at the world and say, okay, who am I? Oh, well, she this and he's that and he's this. So I must be right. It just doesn't fit, you know, and so we'll we'll find ourselves going in circle, looking for myself. I'm looking for myself. I'm looking for myself, but I'm looking at everything around me. I'm looking at my friends. They're all married. And I'm looking at. Right. I'm looking, should I be married? I should I be married? Should I have a Porsche? Should I be driving this? Right. Because and you're missing it because you're trying to can you're trying to build yourself or complete yourself off of what you see. 
Right. Comparison is definitely one of those things, I believe, as well, that pushes us to a place of feeling unloved. That's because right. when we don't have the things that our closest friends have or when we don't have the things that we consider success to look like, it makes us feel like we're less than. That's right. And I believe that's, I, I agree, I believe that's one of the things that makes us feel unlovable. Yeah, because, and think about it, we, we, we're praying, we're, God, God, show up in my life. God, do this in my life. God, give me this job. And God, give me this house. And God, give me this wife or give me this husband or or, or what, whatever you ask God for and then you wait and, and it doesn't happen and and you but God I'm I'm this and I'm that but the person that God called you to be sometimes mm -hmm. that may not be that person's path you know because that may be a distraction to the person God called you to be now the person that you decided you want to be that may sound good to you that mm -hmm. may sound a, a big house may sound good to you but God knows that if I give you this house if I give you this house, you'll turn your back on me. If right. I give you this car, you're gonna go back to the world. And and so and and I have something specifically for you. And I can't allow you to be distracted by those things. So when you can understand who you are, then you can appreciate. The Bible says God said He'll give you the desires of your heart. But once we learn our heart, then we can understand the desires. Right. And I think insecurities kind of help cloud the heart. Oh yeah. I think insecurities kind of like I think it goes hand in hand good with the comparison. But I think those insecurities kind of cloud our hearts from being able to really receive what what God is, you know, saying. It's how can we get these desires of our hearts if we're insecure in even who we are? Yes, right. Because we're so far away from who we are. Right. So we're trying to be, like you said, the copycat version of Amanda or That's the copycat right. version of, you know, Zach or the copycat version of, you know, whomever, you name them, whomever. Right. And it's like with that. It, it clouds those desires because now your desire is to be a, a lesser version of who you are. That's right. And even worse than that, a lesser version than who the person you're trying to be because you can never fully be them. That's right. You can only fully, fully be you. That's right. And, and, so, it, and to wrap that up, like we were saying, um, so you look at yourself and you look at God and you say, oh, I'm, I'm unlovable. Right. You know, I'm filthy. I'm I'm dirty. I don't deserve what they deserve. Right. Uh, Self-doubt comes yeah, in. I, I don't deserve. Because God, you say you love me and I believe you. I believe you want to love me, but I'm unlovable. I'm unlovable. I did some things wrong and, and, and I ask you to come and I ask you to, 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 to move in my life, but I didn't see it happen. God, I'm unlovable. But God says, no, you're not unlovable. You're loved. Right. God says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. But we, we, we hear God say that, but we'll still say, no, I'm not. Right. No, I'm not because this is not how fearfully and wonderfully made looks, looks like. This is not how love looks. Right. But we're looking through the eyes of a, of a perspective of someone who's not us anyway. Right. So we're going to go in that circle. We're going to keep continuing to go in that circle until we can understand who God say we are. So being us, being you, being you, being who God called you to be. When you can be you, you can see things so much clearer. When you can be you without distractions, you can see things so much clearer. I don't want to um, tell you a testimony, but um, I'm going to tell it anyway. <laughs> okay. Because I was don't here. Don't worry. Last season I had somebody tell a piece of my testimony. Because <laughs> I, I was here. Um, so my wife went on a, um, a fast. Um, um, she went on a fast last week. And um, it was interesting because... Um, she learned a lot in this fast, so I get to be a, you know, I get to be the, 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 the fly on the wall that can just watch it and see what she was going through. But anyway, it was a hard fast. It came in the middle of nowhere. It came during the 
during during a hard time, um, during the inconvenient time. But um, she was obedient to God and she went on to fast. She didn't know what she was fasting for, but she just, like I said, she was obedient to God and she went on to fast. But um, it was interesting because I began to see God speaking with her. And I began to see um, when God was speaking with her, um, she would receive God, but she didn't receive God as herself. And what I said, she, what I mean by she didn't receive God as herself, she didn't receive God as the person that she had became, but she received God as who God called her to be. And let me explain that. Sometimes when you're on a fast, what you're doing, you're depriving yourself from food. You're depriving yourself from entertainment. You're depriving yourself from everything that you're used to. Right. So there is no, uh, you know, there is no uh, phone. There is no TV. There is no food. There is no. And so when, when, when the flesh suffers, the spirit will get stronger. And so everything of the world, everything in the world has a connection to something. True. So um, food. If you go to the movies, they're going to serve food at the movies. Right. When you go go out to eat, they're going to have music playing. They're going to have... Because everything connects with something. So in the spiritual realm, everything also connects. So what happens is, because she was on this fast, there was nothing for her flesh to grab hold to. Right. So her spirit had to stand up. So when God would say... When God would normally say, listen, I want you to go. If God told me, hey, hey, Zach, I want you to go over here and do this. The first thing I'm going to think, I'm going to say, okay, God, I, I hear I hear you, but you know, I don't really like them over there, right? You know, you know, you know, okay, okay, I'll go, but I got to go to work and then I'll go. Oh, okay, I'll go, but you remember my tire flat, so I'm going to go to, or okay, I'll go, right. because those are, those are physical um, things that, that, that will cause our mind to think um, five seconds late or, 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 or shift over to the side a little bit. Those are, but in this world, there is always something that will stop the purity of what God is saying. It can be our opinion. It can be our uh, perception. It can be what we went through with that person. It can be what we experienced with that person, but it will cause it to shift the purity of what God is saying. Right. But when you're on a fast and God is speaking, there's nothing um, physically that you can connect with. So the spirit is open. And when the spirit is open, the spirit can hear so much clearer. And when you do stuff, your flesh is weak, so you can't pull, you can't hold on to pride, you can't hold on to, <laughs> the to anger. To. You can't hold on to anything that the flesh gives. You can only hold on to the thing that God gives. So, so, so I saw the most purest her um, in that time that I've ever seen. And so when she would speak um, and listening to her speak. I heard, heard a lot of purity. Matter of fact, I heard some things she said a long time ago, but now she's saying it with a different perspective because in, instead of it being a her perspective, it was a God perspective. So um, being you is a prized possession that we all have to figure out how to do because there is so much in store for us. When God calls us and when God um, ordained us and God gave us a, um, an assignment, there's provision to what God given us, but it's like we can't get to there when we're everybody else. Exactly. You can only get to that place when you are pretty much <laughs> dead to the world, dead to everything that the world has called you to be. And what does that look like? What does that feel like? It, it looks, if I'm being honest, a little, a little scary. <laughs> it looks a little scary because you, you don't know. 
you don't know what's next. You don't know whether you're making the right move or the wrong move. You don't know. You just have to go with your trust. And at the end of your trust is where you'll find your answer. And I mean, it's it's the rawest, the rawest place you can get to. But in that place, you feel the most peace. You feel the most fulfilled. You feel like you never again want to put on anything that the world has has to offer you. And so I would just, I would highly recommend that, you know, we, we find ourselves um, seeking for that place. And the first step, if you'd ask me, um, I would say is just to grab hold on knowing that there's no mistake that you made that can make you unlovable to Christ. There's no, you know, there's no disappointment or rejection. There's no abuse that you could have went through. There's no piece of that comparison or your uh, insecurity that can separate you from that place. There's a, there's a place in the Bible that talks about, um, it talks about how nothing can snatch us out of the, 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 the love of God. And one of my favorite pieces in that particular scripture um it talks about what what it says neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow not even the powers of hell can separate us from god's love and i'm and i want to mention that because i feel like a lot of things that we go through in life make us feel condemned and when we when we move or act in ways that are unpleasing to ourselves or to somebody else that can cause judgment upon us i feel like we begin to wear that coat of feeling unlovable feeling like we can never get back to god's grace we can never get back to you know god's place we can never get back to that place where we can hear him or we can never get back some of these things can even sound challenging we're like how do you hear you know who has who god has called me to be how do i you know how do i get to that place where i can you know i can know for sure that um you know me looking like this or doing this thing isn't who i am i've always acted like this i've always you know since since the furthest I can think back, I've always looked like this. I've always dressed like this. I've always, you know, had this particular attitude. Like you hear in the in the beginning, like, this is me. How do you know this is not who you are? Because you're uncomfortable. Yeah. You're not at ease. You're still, whenever you can get to that place still in your mind where you're comparing, you're not at ease. Your spirit is not resting. So that means you're moving in a being that's not you. That's not fully you. Now, some of these things, I'm not saying that you can't wear, you can't do. I'm not saying that at all. There's in you, you will find all the things that are pleasing to you. And you only, you won't care what people say or what people think. You won't care about the, the, the status or the name that other people call you as. The only thing you'll care about is, is allowing the light of the father to shine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we are very forgetful people. You know what I mean? Like we, we we forget something quick. Um, imagine how our life would differ if we knew that we were forever loved by God. Right. Like if I, I'm, I mean I don't I don't I don't want to be you know cliche, but I want you to understand if we knew that we if we woke up every morning and the first thing was on our mind is wow God loves me with a like He loves me with a passion. Imagine the different decisions we would make during that day if we just knew God. God loves me with a passion. Every single day we woke up, the first thing we thought about is how much God loved us. 
that would change our whole it would change our perspective on life really i remember it when um reminded when um adam and um when adam and eve and adam and eve ate up ate of the fruit and and um they hid from god and god found them in a garden and it, they were hiding and, and um and and God asked, asked somebody they were hiding. I'm paraphrasing, and then he said he was naked. And God said, "Who told you? Who told you you were naked?" So it reminds of like God is love, and like they went outside of love to find something that was not God. And in that moment, they lost their identity, and they automatically in that moment started perceiving themselves from the perception of what they ate, or what they right. were talking to, or what they were around, or what they encountered. This new knowledge. This new knowledge. Right. And God said, who told you you were naked? Who told you you were insignificant? Who told you you were not loved? Who told, they even grabbed fig leaves to try to cover themselves. God said, who told you you wasn't already covered? Right. And so even in our lives today, it's like we, we get to the, this place where we forget that God loves us. We forget that we are forever loved. Right. And we forget that since we are forever loved, we have everything we need. We don't have to search for anything. We lack nothing. Everything we have, we everything we need, we already have. Right. God said you are forever loved. With God's love comes provision, comes everything is included in with the love of God. Right. And even in the beginning, y'all don't want to preach, but even in the beginning when 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 sin separates from God, because God loved us, he already had a plan for that. What I'm telling you today is everything is in God's love. A plan for your life is in God's yes. love. It's all in God's love. Provision for your life is in, in God's, God's love. love. Everything yes. is already programmed in the love of God. So because you're loved by God and God said you're forever loved by him, forever. you have everything you need. There's nothing that can take you from that place in him. That's nothing. Right. Amen. Nothing. No matter what you've done, no matter what you're doing, no matter, you know, what you will do. That's right. It cannot take you from that place of love in his heart. He he loves you unconditionally. That means it comes with with no standards. Mm. No standards. And I love how um Zach mentioned in the beginning like if you if we woke up in the morning with that knowing in our hearts, like knowing we were forever loved, no matter what mistake I make today, God, you are still going to love me. Like yes. you still, you still have my back. We would think differently when we respond to that person that irritates us. We would think differently when we have to go out and be before people who seem like they have a higher, you know, place or higher role than us. We would think differently. We wouldn't walk with our head hanging low. Right. We wouldn't walk in shame, guilt, or, you know, just feeling like, uh, self-confidence we wouldn't walk in those things That's right. we will walk like the the kings and queens that we are we would walk in royalty because we are forever loved by the king that's right forever loved and i don't want to keep um beating this but this is for, this is for somebody when god came back to to adam and eve he didn't look for them in their new place he didn't look for them he looked for them where he left them and he, when he came back, he looked for them in love. He looked for them in who he called them to be. He didn't, even though they messed up, He God's not going to look for you in a crack house and say, oh, you're a crackhead now. Okay, come on. Come on, crackhead. No, God's still going to look for you and he's going to see who he made you to be. Right, love. He, he's not going to look. Even if you be found in a crack house, God's going to see you who he created you to be. Love. And that's the greatest thing about, about the Father. He's going to see you in love. 
And no matter what we do, like my wife said, there's nothing that can separate you. When he came back to them, he looked for them as if they were who they were when he made them. Right. As he, they were who they were when he told them that they were already fearfully and wonderfully made. That's good right there. He, he, he came to the place where he put them to find them. And that's what God will do in our lives. God will come back to us in a place that he put us no matter what we do. He'll come back and say, where is my beloved? Mm-hmm. He'll come back and say, where is my beloved? And so that gives us the opportunity to say, God, I'm right here. And we're always in a place in God's eyes that we left. Not in the world's eyes. In their, even in their own eyes, they were somewhere that in shame. They were in shame. They covered themselves with what they found around them. They were in shame. But because that's how their perception was in their eyes. Because they took on that perception. But God's perception of them was God's perception of them was the same thing it was when he made them. Well, I have to say amen to that one. Amen. I was going to ask um, if there was anything, anything, one thing at all that you would love for the the listeners to leave this set with. What would it be? But that that tops it. God is going to see you, going to come back and look for you in the same way that he left you. And that was in love. That's right. Or I'm not even going to say that he left you because it's not him that left. It's us that leaves. But he's going to come back and look for you in that same place. He's going to come back and look for you. And not the, not the zone, not the space, but the place of love. That's right. We are forever loved. Amen. 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 Well, hey, um, this episode was amazing, y'all. I am just super, super excited that we got to kick this off with. Um, I say that I'm unlovable, but God says I am forever loved. I hope that you guys have found a jewel in this conversation that you are able to pick up and take with you throughout this journey. You are able to share this with somebody that you're connected to, and you're able to use a piece of it yourself. I know that even though I'm, I'm still on this journey, of being all that God has called me to be, there was something special in this message that I'm going to take up and carry. So I pray that same thing for everybody. Um, Thank you all again for tuning in to Circle Up with Amanda Hurd. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Circle Up underscore A-H. Once again, that is Circle Up underscore A-H. Be blessed. Be blessed.